Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. Last Sunday, we began a short series on the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And so I'd like to invite you to open in your Bibles to that passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And please stand for the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying also with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you have written things down for us in black and white. And Lord, as we look at this passage that you've written for us this morning, I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart that we would be able to see and understand and uh, receive and obey your truth. That you would be glorified through us. We ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Now last week as we began to open this passage, we looked at verses 10 through 13. And uh, we focused on the fact that we are involved in a spiritual conflict. That is why we need armor. You know, you don't usually wear armor to go to a picnic or armor to go swimming. You definitely don't wear it then. Uh, but uh, if you are in a battle, then armor can be very useful. And we are in a spiritual conflict Satan and his demons are arrayed against us, 
And uh, they are more powerful than we are. Uh, Satan is a deceiver, and he has had thousands of years of practice in deceiving human beings. He knows what he's doing, and uh, without God's help, we would be helpless against him and against the forces that are arrayed against us. It would be kind of like if we went to the nursery and took the kids out of the nursery and took them to a football field and had a, uh, the starting lineup of a Big Ten football team of your choice come, and we said they're going to play football against the nursery kids, um, the nursery kids would inevitably lose in and of themselves. And uh, we, in and of ourselves, would inevitably lose in the battle which we face if it were not for God's intervention on our behalf and equipping us with everything that we need in order to stand strong in the battle that we're facing. And so God has equipped us. He has provided us with supernatural armor, and this enables us to overcome the power of the evil one and his minions. And today I'd like to focus on the first three pieces of supernatural armor that are described in verses 14 and 15 of this passage. And the first piece of spiritual armor is the belt of truth. And so it says in verse 14, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And as we think about the belt of truth, we can ask, what is the belt of truth? And I'm going to cut quickly to the heart of the matter. If we can turn over to John chapter 14. And in John chapter 14, I would like to read verse 6. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so as we think about the belt of truth, it is not what is the belt of truth. The question is, who is the belt of truth? And the answer is, the belt of truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is himself the truth. No lie is found in him. That means we can absolutely safely trust in him. You put on the belt of truth by coming to Jesus Christ and saying, you are the truth. Come and fill me. Clothe me with yourself. Clothe me with you. Let your truth reign in my life and let no lie receive power over me. And so the way to put on the belt of truth is to draw near to Jesus Christ. Now the next piece of armor that's related in this particular passage is also in verse 14. It's the breastplate of righteousness. And so it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as we think about the breastplate of righteousness, I'd like to encourage you to turn over to Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6.
And Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. For this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. And so when we come to the breastplate of righteousness, once again, we're not talking about what is the breastplate of righteousness. We're talking about who is the breastplate of righteousness. Because the breastplate of righteousness is not a thing. It is a person. Jesus fulfilled perfectly all of God's righteous requirements he is righteous, and when we are united with Jesus Christ by faith, then he becomes our righteousness. Now, the devil would like to attack us viciously. He would like to come, and he would like to whisper in our ear, and he would like to say, hey, do you remember that thing you did way back there? Mm-hmm, yeah, you did that. You're a pretty awful person. In fact, you are such an awful person that God could never, ever, ever forgive you. And if it wasn't for Jesus, that would be true. But because of Jesus, that's a lie because he is our righteousness. He lived the perfect life that none of us could live on our behalf. And then he took all of our sins upon himself as he hung on the cross that all of us who are united with him by faith, all of our sins have been born in full, paid in full by him. And so when we are united with Jesus Christ in faith, we come before God and we are clothed in his righteousness. And we stand perfect before God. And God looks at us and he sees our sins washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he sees, uh, sees us clothed with the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. Beloved and acceptable in his sight. Well, the next piece of armor is a pair of boots. Verse 15 in Ephesians chapter 6. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What are the boots? The preparation of the gospel of peace. We can turn back just a page or two to Ephesians chapter 2 and look at verses 13 to 16. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 16. God's word says, But now in Jesus Christ, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace 
who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law and commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And so then, the boots. It's not what are, what are the boots. What is the preparation of the gospel of peace? It's who is these boots. It's hard to get that verb to match both boots and one person. But who is the boots? And uh, it's Jesus Christ. He is our preparation of the gospel of peace. He is our peace. That when we were at war with each other, when we were at war with the world, when we were at war with God, when we were God's enemy, he came and he established peace for us through his blood on the cross. And so the preparation of the gospel of peace means being always ready to share the good news about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us with others. And so in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you, a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. And so we're called upon to be ready to share the good news about Jesus Christ with others as he gives us this opportunity to do so. And so we put on this armor by clothing ourselves in Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 13, passage I read earlier this morning, Chapter 13, Romans 13, verses 11 to 14. And do this knowing that the time, excuse me, and do this knowing the time that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And so when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are baptized by the Holy Spirit. And the word baptism means immersion. It means when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit immerses us into Jesus Christ. We are baptized into Christ. We are baptized into him. 
we are in him. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And the Spirit is elsewhere referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And uh, in Colossians 1.27, it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Hmm, I think, oh, I'm in Philippians. No wonder it doesn't make sense. Colossians 1.27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, is inside us. And the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ so that we're inside him. And it tells us that Christ is in God, so that in Christ we're in God the Father. And when Christ is in us, and we are in Christ, and with Christ we are in God the Father, which those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ are, then we are perfectly safe from all of the attacks of the wicked one. And so that is how we put on the armor of God. We rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And his strength protects us from all of the attacks of the evil one and his myriads of demons. And we need to continually rest in his protection and draw strength from him. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, We are so thankful that we are safe in your hands. That no one can pluck us out of your son's hands. That no one can pluck us out of your hands. That you are infinitely more powerful than any forces that may be arrayed against us. And so, Lord, today we rest in your Son. We thank you for his provision on our behalf. And we pray that you might Live through us, through your Son, through your Holy Spirit in our hearts. And bring glory to your name. We ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith. If you have questions,